And I promise you, it seems like a lot of work up front. You're like, what's the point in me hiring this person if I have to do all this work? It's going to pay off tenfold in your business because once this person is up and running and they're trained and you're adding additional responsibilities, they're gonna grow for you. They're going to be completely taking things off your plate and you're only gonna have to check in for that 30 minutes once a week and your business and that business that they run for the 10 tasks that you've given them are going to operate flawlessly. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome to CEO Schools podcast. This is your host, Sanira Madani. And today I'm going to be diving into some topics that I have asked inside of the club in our CEO School club uh, to the women to say, what are some areas that you want me to deep dive into for your business or things that are on your mind? And they literally just sent me this huge list of topics that they want me to deep dive into. And so I'm literally going to be going one by one and hopefully knocking through these incredible topics that can help you really think about scaling your business to the next level. And so for the first question that they asked me and one of the blockers that I actually see very often in entrepreneurs is hiring their first hire and hiring actually for even a virtual assistant to get started. And one of my biggest learnings in entrepreneurship is the fact that you do not need to do this alone, nor should you be doing it alone. So often we feel that we have to to do everything. We have to take on the world as women. It's all on us. And most successful entrepreneurs don't have solo teams. They're not solopreneurs, they're CEOs. And in order for you to go from solopreneur to CEO, that requires for you to build a team and building a team is very intentional. It's work. So this is part of your job as CEO and it requires strategy. It requires a playbook and it requires a scalable system that's repeatable so that you can scale your people as your business grows. Something that I always say is that one plus one should equal three when it comes to your hires. And you may be thinking, wait, that math does not add up. But when you bring on a hire, it doesn't matter whatever stage you are, and you may be listening and not even have your first hire. I want you to stick around here for today's episode because I'm going to show you how to one get that hire, what you're going to assign them and how we're going to make this successful. But for those that any point, wherever you are, you may be solopreneur, you may have a team of less than five, you may have 205 team members like I do. Every new hire that you bring onto your organization should be one plus one 
equals three. And what I mean by that is that by adding this human, by adding this person to your team, it's not just adding one component or it's taking away something that you have to work on so you can go work on something else. It has to be exponential. Their input into your organization is actually going to have twice as much of an impact, right? It's going to have, it's not just going to be one plus one equals two. By adding this person, you're going to be able to do three times as much versus just twice as much. And so this is how I think about who I hire, when I hire, and quite honestly, the type of people in my organization. And it's tough. It is not easy, but you're going to learn through experience. And we're going to teach you here at CEO School through all the lessons that I've learned and the lessons of so many others. So let's get you started. So you first might be thinking, Snare, where do I even find like my team members today? Forget one plus one equals two. I'm just getting one plus one equals maybe 1.2, right? And I see that so often. And the first thing that I'm going to ask you is how are you actually training and developing your team member, right? How are you actually um, measuring their success? How are you actually training them so that they can effectively do the job? And more often than not, I find that when you actually reflect on the team that you have around you, it's a hundred percent reflection of you and your leadership. It's a hundred percent, hundred percent reflection of how they are even trained into your organization. So spending the right amount of time up front with your team, 100% plays off a team member. Adding a team member is an investment. This is not a, you're going to hire somebody and they're going to have the magic wand, whatever level of experience they have. And for whatever position that you're hiring them for, you still have to train them in your way, right? So when we hire somebody at Stacks, it's the Stacks way. And if I hire somebody here at CEO school, it's a CEO school way. Those are two completely different ways, cultures that we have, even though I'm running it, they're two different organizations with two completely different needs. And so the first thing I, I want you to make sure that you think about is what is this person going to be coming on board? What is like the number, like what are the top tasks strategically that they can take off the plate for you? So if you have this person, what would be the things that you would want to not only just take off, but I want you to start off with that list. I want you to be thinking about how can they add additional value to you? And it may not be right away, right? Rock stars, even if you hire an A++ rock star and they're going to come on board and if they have a ship training program, if you don't spend enough time with them, they're still going to be un unsuccessful. Even if they came from an organization that they had all the training and they were super experienced and they're the best content writer and you love them upfront, they can still fail in your organization. And I actually see that happen, happen so often, so often. And whenever I'm in my programs, whenever I'm doing coaching, whenever I'm talking to real entrepreneurs and real women, every single one of them has experienced this with a failed hire. And so the number one advice that I have for you to avoid that is to spend time upfront. You have to invest the time into your own processes, into your own structure, into your own training uh, for this individual and spend the time upfront to train them. And having that clear established framework is going to drive the success of their role, which in turn is going to drive the success of your business. And so don't just assume that the other person knows everything or should know everything you have to be the one to take the time to train them. And if you are 
And as you're going to grow, then your trainers and your leaders then become the trainers of the next generation of hires and people that are coming on board into your company. I don't personally hire and train my staff anymore. My key executives, I do now, but then my executives then train their middle management and my middle management then trains the staff that's underneath them and that's reporting into them. But it all started with my foundational work, right? It all started all the way up up front, putting in that effort to create that playbook, to create that training guide, to create the processes of our company, and then adjusting it and then applying the feedback and then growing it. So it's not, it's not, I just want to point out that it's not this thing that it's a magic, you build it once and then you shove it in a drawer and then you never look at it again. That's not how this works. This is continual. It's a continual way of thinking as a CEO. I want you to be thinking about your people always like this is your number one job is your people. That's your number one job because the people are in essence, serving your customers and making your business go around. So spend the time with your people. Now, many of you might be listening and you're just getting started and everything is on your plate and you don't even know where to begin. Where do you even begin? And one of the things, this is like the topic that keeps coming up is somebody just pinged. I'm so tired of trying to find the right VA And I haven't been successful at hiring and training and a VA is a virtual assistant. So I'm looking for a virtual virtual assistant and I haven't been able to be successful in training this virtual assistant. Anybody else going through the same experience and any tips for me? And literally the thread is just exploding over this VA topic. And so that's why I wanted to bring it here for you guys. Um, And so many of these women are in the boat of this. And when I step back and I take a look at it, I was like, okay, let me, let me actually deep dive into this one particular hire today. And I think that the same principles that I'm going to share here about a VA are going to be applicable, not just to your virtual assistant, to your first, you know, full-time hire, uh, the next hire thereafter, et cetera. And so the way that I, the reason why I think that that's failing, as I just mentioned earlier in the episode is the fact that we're not putting in the time that it takes to actually train the VA or to train that first hire. And so I think that that is the most critical part is spending the time upfront to make sure that the tasks are clearly outlined, the expectations are clearly set, and then there's a clear standard operating procedure. An SOP is what we call it. So having a very clear outline of how to do that particular job or particular task is so important. Um, and I'm going to help you build it right here, right now, because it's it sounds complicated, but it's not. So first and foremost, you put out your job posting and you're looking for a virtual assistant. What did you write on your job description? Sometimes, and most of the time, what I'm finding is that for this first hire or for this virtual assistant, you're expecting them to do the world. You're expecting them to take on your email and your calendar and your social media and the posting and handling requests from clients and handling customer support and handling and handling and handling and, 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 and and. the list literally goes on. You're not going to find a person that's going to be able to do all of those things, at least not right away up front. You want to think about what are the critical tasks immediately that this person should be handling and starting with that job description. So I'm going to go all the way back to even before you hire this person, person, starting with the job description, what is on that job description? What are the tasks that your business currently needs today um, that you can take off of your plate that you're spending time on that is a task that is an admin task, right? So a virtual assistant needs to have its administrative duties 
They are not the CEO. Their job is not to make strategic decisions. Their job is to do administrative duties to help save time for the person that they're assisting, right? So they're an assistant. They're not the doer. They're an assistant. I want you to keep that in mind first for this VA role. And I want you to write out, and this is where going back to, you've heard me talk about time audits so much. Do a time audit, right? Do a quick time audit. Take a look at your calendar. Take a look at, follow yourself around for two days and write the places that you're spending your time. And then find a way um, that you say, okay, here's an area that I'm spending my time. Can this thing be actually delegated, right? So you've, you've heard me talk about my do, delegate, delete. This is the delegate bucket. And you're gonna delegate out, let's say you decide, these are like five things that I do that I could definitely delegate out. Now, that, that is where I would begin. And that is plenty, right? So if, you, if it's taking up your timeshare and your mindshare, then you want it to be done right as well. You don't want to overwhelm this VA with so many tasks that they're completely unsuccessful. You want to start with like the three critical tasks that you can literally, so write your list of here's like the 10 things that I think that I could delegate out. Now pick your top three and say, let's say you decide that I would like all of my calendars. Like I'd like an appointment setter. So I don't have to worry about my calendar anymore. I would like to have my, um, email. I would like somebody to take over, um, our community inbox account. Maybe it's not your inbox to start, just start somewhere small so that you can train them. And then remember, these are just stepping stones. You can always add, but the goal is not to overwhelm. The goal is to get this person fully trained and rant. And then you can expand upon that opportunity. And that is how one plus one ends up equaling three is because you've taken the time to gradually expand them. And so let's say number two was, um, the, we said calendar, we said email, and then we said, let's do number three as your scheduling for your, uh, social media. Let's just use social media as one. It's a great VA task. These are, so when you're going through your job description, I would still write out the 10 things. So even if you are wanting to start with these three, what are the 10 things that this person eventually will be taking on? Or you'd like for them to own have, make sure that the job description is reflective of it. Then during the interview process, this is where the magic begins. This is your first interaction with this person. And there's two things that I always look for in a candidate and Competency is definitely on the list. Like 100%, do not hire somebody that doesn't have the skill set or the experience that you need to fill this role. I know sometimes it has to be both. Like competency is like literally do not hire people uh, just because you think that you can train them. I'm sure that there are incredible people that are quick learners and that can grow. And you can absolutely take somebody on for a role, um, but not for a higher level role. So I want you to really think about competency. Has this person been a VA before? Have they done this before? And if they haven't been a VA before, what are other tasks that they have demonstrated or areas that they have demonstrated that proves that they're going to be a successful VA? So number one, you are interviewing for competency. You have to be able to, to do that. You have to know what, what a VA does. Like you have to do a little bit of research on what are the types of things that you should be asking a virtual assistant, right? What are, do the job descriptions look like? So being prepared really helps because when you have that conversation with the other party and then they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, what tool sets are they using, right? Have they used Slack? Are they in Google suite? Are they in Microsoft? There are things that you can ask them that you may not be thinking about to ask them in an interview, but if you take 15 minutes of your time to prepare, preparing the job description, looking up 
job descriptions of other VAs, right? And then putting together something that's right for your company. Do not blanket copy paste someone else's job description. Their company is not your company. My company is not your company. So write out the job description for your company. So a CEO's goals, a virtual assistant job description is going to look different. And it might have still you know, 70% of the core components of it, but it will be specialized to the things that we are needing in our, in our company. And so when you're sitting down for that interview, right, the way that you show up for the interview, you are setting the tone as a CEO um, with this person. And so one, you're vetting them for competency. You're ensuring that they understand, you know, the lingo and that they're knowledgeable and that now you're knowledgeable, not only the things that you need to do, but you can ask the right questions. That makes for such a more efficient interview versus just, oh my God, I just hopped on and like, you're such a great person. And, and I love that we as women have our, and the gut is really important. This is where I'm going to come to part two, but part one of measuring on competency is so critical you are looking for a rock star on the other side, but a rock star VA. Okay. You're not looking for a rock star COO. And so many times we're expecting a rock star COO, a chief operating officer, which operates companies, you know, not a virtual assistant. And our expectations for this person is to come and be like, oh, well, they're not a rock star if they're not, but we want to pay them a VA for a COO. So let's like bring ourselves to reality here and make sure that it's very clear what the role is and that we are bringing in the right candidate skill sets for it, but it's in the right range for who we're looking for as well. So do not expect a COO on a virtual assistant interview. And I bet you half of those women here that are responding to this, that is like the number one mistake that you've already made is you're expecting the COO. Um, and so look for the things that you need in your company and make sure that that's like part one. Part two, so after competency, I think this is so important um, and equally, if not more important, is the value fit of this person, okay? And we have a very simple way of measuring on value fit. We have core values. And I will absolutely do another here. I'll write, write this down right now to come back to core values as my next topic here for you guys. But you should have a set of core values for your company. We have three I love like the rules of three. And so we measure our team members on our core values. One of our core values is getting stuff done. Like getting shit done is a core value of mine. And I'm going to measure this person on that core value. One of our core values is one team. Does this person demonstrate having those values like that they operate? Are they using I in the interview versus we? Um, are they talking shit about their like old company or their boss? Like for me, that's a huge red flag, right? And so I'm looking for these values. I'm looking for the value fit of this person. And sometimes even if I've found rockstar A on competency, but they're just not a culture fit for us in our organization, guess what? They're not getting hired. They're not even coming to my team. No way, Jose, not happening because they're not going to be successful. And you have to measure on both competency and value fit. So I hope you know your core values of your company. If you don't have one, stay tuned for the next solo episode. I will be talking about core values. We will get you your core values. And we cover all of this inside of the club, by the way. So competency and core values, two things that you're hiring this VA on. Let's say you get through it. You find this rockstar VA and you are so excited to bring them on board because they are competent. They've proven that they have 
the right experience. And number two is that they have the right value fit. They're bright. They, they're ambitious. They are going to get stuff done. They're one team, whatever is important to you. And that value set that checks your mark. So now that you've hired this person on these two critical things, competency and value fit, the next part is training this VA, training this new hire. And remember, I went back to the list of 10. I want you to pick the three things. And again, I'm a huge believer in rules of three. It just makes life easier, things simpler. So start off with these three things that you're going to train them on and pick one for the week. You don't have to do all of them all at once. So let's say we're going to start with scheduling. And the first thing that I want you to do is take the time to onboard this team member, explain to them what this job description is going to look like, ensure that they're excited as well. And you can even talk about the growth that's going to come, right? You have to inspire your team. You have to share your vision of your company. You have to share those core values. Look, this is how we show up here as a team. And this is how I expect you to show up um, in our company. Even if they are a virtual assistant or a contractor, you are hiring them as part of your team. And this is the second piece where I think that many women, why your hires may fail is because we start off hiring contractors and it's absolutely okay to hire contractors. It's amazing. I think that by 2027, half the workforce is going to be a contractor or a freelancer at some point, right? So I encourage you, hire the freelancers and the contractors, but still treat them as part of your team, not as part of their world and their teams. Otherwise, you're not going to have that internal team success that you're seeking and you're looking for. So you've hired this contractor, you've hired the VA, you're onboarding, you're onboarding her and you're really excited. Share that excitement, but also set the expectations of how she's going to be measured. Right. And so I feel like that that part definitely gets missed of we're going to be checking in right now. You're new. And so I'd like to touch base with you daily for just 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a quick one-on-one. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to gradually move to a weekly one-on-one. And so you have to set that expectation that you are going to be checking in and it's not checking in for like the sake of micromanaging. You are there to help them. You are there to ensure that they're not wasting their time. They're working on the right things. You can solve any, uh, unblock any blockers that they have, but they should be able to have access to you. And what I find is that sometimes when we hire these positions, we're just like, well, go off on an Island and go figure it out on your own. And then you come back and you're like, wow, this is not done at all. How I wanted to have it done. How many of you guys feel that? Yes. So many of you guys have been there and it's not that person's fault for doing a shit job. They've, you just literally left them off on an Island on their own to go figure something out that you are working on and you didn't train them effectively. You didn't touch base enough. You didn't ensure that they were successful through that project. So I just want to come back to accountability here. And I promise you, it seems like a lot of work up front. You're like, what's the point in me hiring this person if I have to do all this work? It's going to pay off tenfold in your business because once this person is up and running and they're trained and you're adding additional responsibilities, they're going to grow for you. They're going to be completely taking things off your plate. And you're only going to have to check in for that 30 minutes once a week and your business and that business that they run for the 10 tasks that you've given them are going to operate flawlessly. And that is the investment that you're making up front. So I want to remind you of that. And so training them is critical on that task. I would begin with your top three things and actually sit down to make sure that they understand what success looks like in there. And what I like to do is actually train them in the counts of like in three times. So I always start with a task first. And I'm like, let me show you how to do this. So 
let's take scheduling. Since we said scheduling was going to be task number one, um, you could say, hey, I'm going to forward you on an email because you're not in my inbox yet because we have to get there, right? So it's not, we're not there yet. And uh, I receive a meeting request and this is uh, how I would like for you to schedule it. So I would literally hop on Zoom and I would show them how I would like for it to be scheduled. I would show them do the different blockers of like, here's the times that I would like podcasts to be scheduled, or here's the times that I like sales meetings to be scheduled. Here's the time that I like blank to be scheduled. And this is my do not book time. So take the time to explain it, but actually show them how to do that meeting book, right? So make sure that that is part of it. And then the second time around to say, now, do you feel comfortable? And they're going to feel totally comfortable. And when they, the second time, this is what I'm talking about in the rule of three, any task, you can take this for any single task. I'm giving like such a basic task right now, but I want it to be basic. And I want you to do this exact thing for all the tasks that you assign out. So one, you actually show them Two, you're like, send off like a, a meeting calendar invite tomorrow. And instead of being like, Hey, do they got it? Hop on zoom be like, Hey, I just sent you over this meeting invite. Let's hop on zoom. I would love to see how you're thinking about it and have her do it with you. So you're not doing it. She's the one doing it. And she'd be like, Oh, and I, I know it's so basic. So, but I'm just using a very basic example, but you can apply this to, let's say it's your social, let's say it's to your responding to a customer. I don't know, like whatever it is, I want you to be this basic about it. So number two, you watch this person do it. And so you can hop on zoom and she could say, okay, here, I got your meeting invite. This is kind of weird. Why are you on here right now? Like, no, I just want to make sure that I'm here to support you. So she's like, oh, I'm going to book it here on this slot. And then either it's awesome, or you can offer be like, Hey, actually, I know that I said that this slot was available, but if you can see that, you know, I'm pretty slammed on the front half of the day and then I'm slammed on the bottom. So although it looks like it's a perfect time and I didn't block it and you're absolutely right just strategically look at Thursday. It just is completely open. So maybe we just put it there. So I have a little bit more free space, although you're right that that time is what it was available. And then you can strategically see how they're thinking about even that, that assignment, right? So that's part number two. And then part number three is say the next day you send them the scheduled invite. You're like, Hey, I got to book a podcast and here it is. And then part number three is not, you've already shown them. You've done it with them. Part number three is them doing it on their own. But here's where part number three is you touch base right after. So in your, in your, in your touch base that you're going to be like, Hey, I saw that you scheduled it. It was awesome. It was perfect. It's like the right time you nailed it. You figured it out. Are we good here? Are you good to go on this task? And so I know I'm like dumbing it down for just something as basic as email scheduling, but guess what? Do you think this VA is going to screw up the email scheduling? No, not like 95% of the time. It should be the way that you want it because you've taken the time to explain it and do that. And feedback, iterative feedback, especially in the beginning process is so critical. But sometimes when we're offering feedback, especially to like a new hire, it can be overwhelming because they're trying to do a good job too. Remember that you were in their shoes at one point as well. So they want to be successful. They want to do a great job for you. Just remember that having that daily touch base for a new hire is so critical. That way you can offer feedback and it's in like a really nice setting. It's not feeling like they messed up and you're on their team, one team, right? Like that is my core value. It's all that everything for me is one team. This is my way of showing my one team to my team is I'm here for them. So next time you have to hire your VA. Okay. And I want all of you guys to take a look at who you have on your team. And if you don't have a team member on your team, Go hire one, go hire a VA, go look at your tasks, do your time audit and see what you can delegate out. 
I promise you it is going to save you so much time and effort into finding the right people to help run your business. And you're going to go further. That's how that one plus one equals three, because you're going to be able to go further instead of having to do the tasks that somebody else can become an expert in. And then going back and training this person and investing in this person. My first VA at CEO school is now my chief of staff at CEO school. Sophia is literally an A plus 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 rock star team member on my team. Okay. And so is my entire team. Like literally my entire team, a huge shout out to my team here, both my Caitlin's and Rebecca and my entire team at CEO school. They're rock stars. And it's because we put in the time, I put in the time up front and then we continue to add responsibilities. Caitlin Porterfield, who has been with us, she was our, she used to manage our DMs. Just one simple task is now leading our community inside of the club. And she is the best community manager. I don't even think we could have hired a more incredible of a community manager, but we've trained her up to do the job. And not only do they have the competency, they are part of our core value system. They operate with integrity and they operate as a team and they always get stuff done. done. And those values are what drive our business for our customers. And so just wanted to bring that back to light. Like our team isn't massive here at CEO School. I have a 205 person team at Stacks. And guess what? It operates exactly the same as a five person team. Different in a, like a level of complexity, but the ideas and the principles are still the same. It's just a playbook. So get your hiring playbook and create one today and go get the help that you need and try this method out with your next hire. Try this method out even with your current hire. If you have a current hire today that um, you haven't, um, that isn't maybe performing the way that you want to, or you want to add a responsibility, do this check-in, do this process with them on the next thing that you want to assign out and see how this goes. And I guarantee you that it's going to be successful. And when they are successful, you are successful. So shift that mindset with me here today. When your team is successful, you are successful. And it's so much more fun to do it with a team than to do it by yourself. And I wish every single one of you just an incredible rest of the week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, definitely let me know, leave a review below. This is how we grow our show and our community. And I can't wait to continue to produce incredible content for you guys. So leave us a review below, screenshot it, send it off to us. And we'll definitely be sending you some amazing swag. We love sending you guys swag. So just leave us a review and we'll send you some swag. I will see you guys next week for another fire episode at CEO school. I hope you crush it this week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO School works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations, and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. We will be sending CEO School swag for the next 100 reviews, so don't miss out. Write a review and send us a screenshot at podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Again, it's podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Thanks so much. We love having you here.